welcome back to another episode of Transcend the Podcast. Today, we're talking about taxes. Now, I know, I know, taxes may invoke some butterflies in your stomach or some heart palpitations because, you know, we generally have a fear of taxes in the U.S., but I will tell you, Chica Obi, my guest for today, does a great job of breaking down some tax strategy, some things we may need some clarification about, and why we really shouldn't be afraid to pay taxes. She is an expert consultant and tax advisor to service-based businesses that are making multi-six figures, at least six figures. And her focus really is on providing the strategy so that people can maximize their tax savings and build wealth in the future. So hang on just a second and we'll get right to the interview. You're listening to the Transcend Podcast. I'm your host, Asha Wilkerson, an attorney by training and an educator at heart. This podcast is all about empowering you to build a business and leave a legacy. Here's the thing. The wealth gap in America is consistently increasing. And while full-time entrepreneurship is not for everyone, even a side hustle can change your financial landscape if you're intentional about using your business to build wealth. I've run my own law firm for over 10 years. And in that time, I've helped countless California businesses go from idea to six figures. On this podcast, we talk about what it truly takes to build a sustainable business and find financial freedom. Let's dive in. All right. I'm so excited to welcome my friend Chica Obi here. Welcome, Chica. Hey, thank you, Asha, for having me. Of course. So y'all, Chica is like my go-to tax referral person. Um, I'm always asking her, what's going on now? What is this update? What do these things mean? And she's such a resource and has such a commitment to helping folks really maximize their tax savings and just have more control over like business, right? More control over your money. So Chica, how did you get started? Like, how did you decide that tax advising is what you wanted to do for folks? Yeah, no, good question. It just felt natural to me. I mean, it, it takes me back to college days, right? I, I studied business and uh, we had the opportunity to intern and I chose a public accounting firm. And within that firm, everybody, all the other interns were going towards audit, but audit meant driving to all these client sites. And I'm just like, uh-uh, and I want my own desk. I want to go come and go to my desk. So I just t- chose tax because of that. And it's so crazy that it was just a fit, right? Just learning tax law and applying the tax law to the client. Because if you ask me a question, hey, can I deduct this? Hey, what business entity is right for me? Literally, the answer is always, it depends, right? It depends. It's, right. It's like, I, 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 I need to know your situation. I got to, you know, apply the proper tax code, right? So it just fit with my personality of loving research, like putting puzzles together and then being able to discuss with a client in a way that they understand right? Like it it was just all fitting. And so, yeah, I'm just thankful that I chose the right major based on my personality. And yeah, fast forward, shoot, I don't even want to know how many years, at at least a decade. And yeah. That's awesome. And I I love that, right? Because so two things are coming to mind. One, when you said you have to do the research because most answers are, it depends. So people ask me all the time, can I just form my business on LegalZoom? And I'm like, no. And I'm assuming that you would have the same or similar answer when people are like, can I just use Tax Act or TurboTax or something like that to file my business taxes? So why would you tell people 
no, don't do that. Right. And I and I get it. And I love that people, they want to find the, the easiest way and perhaps maybe the cheapest way to get it done, right? So I, I love that they want it to get done. However, the problem with using some of these websites is that you don't know what you don't know when it comes to tax law and your situation. Same thing with LegalZoom when it comes to law in general, like you, you don't know. And so maybe like with TurboTax, yes, you can follow the prompts and answer the questions, but sometimes, you know, TurboTax is a software. They don't know your particular situation and how just one little detail can change the whole situation of the filing, right? And then this can bite you in the butt come years later when the IRS can you know send you notices saying hey you did this wrong you owe us tax and interest and penalties right so i just say when especially when you're a business owner or you have investments assets just pay the 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 CPA or the tax professional because it's their job to make sure that they've got you that they're doing it correctly and you have that person to ask questions to you know like to me that's priceless Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, it's like, I get it. Like as starting out as business owners, oftentimes we don't have a lot of money to put into a lot of stuff (laughs) or into anything, especially as Black and Latinx entrepreneurs. Unfortunately, that seems to be a lot of our situations. But there are, there's a hierarchy of things that you should probably pay for. And I think obviously legal and tax advising and preparation is definitely one of those. And also when you go to a licensed professional, we have a professional responsibility to do it accurately and correctly. Whereas like your auntie who's been doing the books for years for the family business, if they're not licensed and they mess up, there's no recourse. Like there's an apology that you might get, but we as licensed professionals have to make sure that we are maintaining the standard. And if, if we're not, then you got a bone to pick with us and we have to make it right for you. And uh, yeah, just make it right for you. So one of the other things I like too, is that you're also an entrepreneur. And sometimes I find, you know, it's really my conversations with folks who are working for other corporations are a little bit different because, you know, there's that security, security in quotes of being within a corporation. But when you are running your own business, there are so many different hats that you have to wear. Can you just share a little bit about your journey to entrepreneurship? And then we'll get more or back into the sort of advising questions. Yeah, no, for sure. This is a great question. And let me just, I want to give the audience like the full picture, right? Because mm-hmm. they're like, oh, you know, I, I, I love when people give the roadmap. And so my roadmap was I graduated college back in 07 undergrad and went into public accounting from 07 to 010, 10 <laughs> for three and a half years or so. And the reason why I left public accounting was because it wasn't because of the work, right? For me, it was the, it was the micromanagement and it was the corporate politics that I just did not see myself having longevity in those situations. And so at that time I was about 25 and I, I literally had this moment of like, like this um, Raven Simone moment of like looking into my future. And I'm like, dang, like right now I'm, I'm single. I don't have kids. I'm, I'm right. I don't have any commitments outside of me. This is my time to explore, to do whatever I want to do, especially because I wasn't happy. 
And so that's what led me to quit that job. And I did take about a year, year and a half of, I traveled to, to Thailand. I, I became a Bikram yoga certified teacher. I became a, a nutrition consultant. I, I had some nutrition clients. I traveled a lot. I was dating. And in the midst as well, I started taking on some tax clients through Craigslist of all places. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. And so I love, when I look back, I love that I wasn't so committed to any one thing because through that year and a half, two years, it helped me to land in this space of, okay, no, I want to do the tax thing and I want to be an entrepreneur and focus on that. And so that's when I started taking it serious. So think about Craigslist, right? It's all free and you you don't know who you're going to get. And so I, I dealt with some some clients where they didn't want to pay me or they're like, no, H&R Block charges this. So this is what I'm going to pay you. And I'm just like, and again, I was like 25. And, and so this was 11 years ago. I'll tell you my age. Um, so, and so at that time, I was just like, okay, you know, I, I did not have a backbone. I, I said yes to everything. But then through the years, I'm just like, uh-uh, this is too much work. I have my CPA, right? Like I, I have the expertise and it's up to me to take myself seriously. Otherwise, no one else will. And so I think just through the years, it's like I went from taking on all the clients, saying yes to everything to filtering, right? Like, nope, that's me. I don't do sales tax. Um, you know, I don't do inventory. I don't do audits, you know, so no, no, no. Um, sorry, this is my price. If you can't pay it, it's okay. You know, I understand next, you know, like I started to filter and as I started to filter, yeah, it was hard, right? Yeah. There was guilt. I felt guilty. I felt bad. Some days it's like after saying no, or just even going back and forth with a person, which I don't recommend, like once you say no, move on. Like, right. But again, I'm, I'm learning in my twenties. So yeah. So I did have that guilt, but at the same time, I started to feel empowered. Like, you know, by saying no to what I didn't want and focusing on what I did want, more of what I wanted started to come my way, started to just attract me. And I, and I started to see how the universe really works, this law of attraction. And, you know, I'm at the point now where it's, it just, you know, like, my business model and the type of clients I serve, right? Service-based business owners that are, you know, making six and seven figures because I want to impact and provide the transformation in such a high way, a high, a, a, a high, excuse me, transformative way. And so it, it, it takes a certain energy, right? It, it takes a certain energy mentally, right? My brain space is very limited, right? Day to day. And so I, I realized like if I'm working with the complexity of these types of clients, I, I have to really niche and commit to only these types of clients. And, and so, yeah, but it, it's, again, it's been a challenge because I see new business owners wanting my service and I'm just thankful that I'm able to, I have a, a, a group of referrals. So I'm able to give people, you know, uh, various referrals that I know they do good work. And so even though I'm not the one being their CPA, you know, new business owners, I know that they're going to be in good hands, even if I'm not their CPA. Yeah, absolutely. That's so true. There's a couple of things, I think, key gems that you that you hit on. One was that really stood out. You said when you started to take yourself seriously. And I think that that is so important because sometimes we're out here like 
not confident enough, right, in the thing that we're doing because it's new and our brains are like, hey, this is new. This is scary. Go back to what's old. And so that's why sometimes it's so hard to break through into something new. But you said things started to change when you took yourself seriously. How did you, what were some of the changes like? What do you mean when you took yourself seriously? I have I have my own assumption and like my own moment of taking myself seriously, but what did that mean for you? Yeah, so what that meant for me was again, like being serious about how many hours there are in a day. And not just that, but like I mean, I went I had a point where I was working every day and it would be sometimes close to midnight or, you know, I'll look up and it's like, dang, like it's, it's late or it's nighttime. Like what? Um, so taking myself seriously in terms of like, what's sustainable, right? Like, like what do I want in my life? And, and that included, like, I, I want to travel and not take work with me while traveling, right? Like I want to date and prioritize dating, right? So taking work seriously means, okay, I, I, I can't do everything. I need to have a, a schedule, right? So not feeling like it on that certain day because, oh, maybe I stayed up late partying, you know, right. the day before or, or a late date or whatever. Like, nah, so I had to have boundaries, right? So so boundaries is, is a way that I started to take myself seriously. Boundaries for myself, right? Again, about the, the timelines and the bedtimes. And, and then also like knowing that I have a limit, I can't do everything by myself. So then starting to get a team and my first hire was um, a contractor who was an accountant. So just getting that accountant to help me during busy season, tax season, right? And it's so crazy because that first year that I got the help, you know, there was some mindset issues of like, uh, I'm going to have to pay this person. and uh. Right. Oh, totally. We all go through that. But, but. I made more that year than any other year, right? You know, and it's like, oh, okay. So when you get help, you you expand, you grow, right? So just learning things like that, learning by trial and error, as opposed to sitting in fear, but still feeling overwhelmed and not doing anything about it. You know what I mean? So, Right. And being okay with the error part, right? Like that's something that I, that I'm still working on still. I realize I have been, um, I don't know, mistakes weren't really allowed in my childhood. Not, not that like the world would end, but for whatever reason, and not necessarily because of any particular person, I just felt like I had to always have it all together and would get really upset. Like when I first started learning how to salsa dance, like it took me three years probably to like get comfortable dancing in public because I was so embarrassed about the mistakes that I made, but I, and still working on it in, in business, but being okay with the error part of trial and error, like entrepreneurship is such a, let's test this, see how it works. Oh, it didn't work the way I wanted it to. So what can I tweak and being okay with like, that's the whole thing. Think about how these become like, even Apple has, you know, started out with computers and then okay, well, let's try this thing. Okay, well, that didn't work, but let's try this other thing and this phone and this iPad and all these different things, right? Businesses evolve and you have to put stuff out there, see how it works and not be afraid to fail. So I really like that part about the trial and error. And the other part too that you were talking about is niching down. We talk about that a lot in the community and how scary it is to niche down, but you said niching down allowed you to really become a better expert and it helped you conserve brain space, which is a hot commodity, right? Like you- I'm not quite 40 yet, but walk into a room and forget what I came for. So I know there's too much stuff going on in my brain, but niching down is so important. So tell us again, what types of clients you work with? 
Yeah, for sure. So I work with uh, service-based business owners. And so a lot of them are coaches, consultants, creatives, and they are more seasoned in their business. So at least three to five years as entrepreneurs. And a lot of them are, maybe they're the only employee or full-time person, but then they might have some contractors that they also work with. And so they are grossing, you know, multi-six, so 200K and up to, you know, seven figures per year. And they're just at a point where they either been doing it themselves, right? In terms of the accounting, the taxes, or they've been taking shortcuts, right? So maybe they have used TurboTax, or maybe they have used, you know, the neighbor who is not a CPA, is not licensed. Hey, I can do your taxes type of person, right? Because we all know those people. But they also see these crazy five figure, sometimes even six figure tax bills. And they're just, they're like, wait, something's off. Let me focus on this and let me talk to a CPA who can help me. Right. And so that's when they're ready. They, they get that tax bill and they're like, uh, and I can't continue with this. And so that's when they find me. And then that's when we work together and we can do either one of two things. So I offer either a tax strategy plan VIP day. And what that is, is I give them the step-by-step strategy as to what they need to do based on what the situation is, right? So I look at their financials, their tax returns for the past three years, and I'm able to assess, okay, this is what's going on. These are red flags. This is what you can do to turn that around. If you do it, this is the type of tax savings you can expect to see. And so, you know, there's various strategies. And by the end of it, I'm able to, to, lay out at least, you know, 20K, 30K. I had one client over a hundred K in tax savings just based on the plan, right? And so with this plan, they can either continue working with their tax professional or accountant, someone who they're not strategy focused. They just want to do the tax return, but they have the knowledge, like maybe it's another CPA. They have the knowledge to take the actions per the plan that's laid out. So they can take this plan to their accountant or the other way I work with my clients is bundled services. So this is where it's all done for you. So we can skip the whole tax strategy plan and instead I'm your CPA. We do it all right. So that includes tax strategy. That includes tax preparation for both the business and your personal. It includes the bookkeeping and the monthly reconciliations. It includes payroll. You're going to need some payroll, especially at that caliber level um, within your business. And then it just includes me, like us building a relationship. It's not transactional. You have me all year, utilize me. And I make sure that we talk, we do a, a situation like this at least once a quarter, because again, I, I noticed that when people are successful or even not successful, I, I think, or just starting off, I should say, um, they want to cut corners and, and we, we all do it, right? You know, whether it's like trying to do the detox instead of just eating right, you know, regularly, we all want to cut corners. And so I'm like, no, like let's check in. Right. And it's, it's, it's not to intimidate you. Right. I I understand numbers and can be intimidating, but it's like, no, let's have a conversation. I'm going to ask you about your business. 
hey, what's going on? What happened this past quarter? What challenges did you face? And it doesn't have to be numbers related. Maybe you're going through something with a team member, um, or maybe you're going through this mindset issue of how to increase your prices. You know, I feel like as entrepreneurs, we've all kind of been there, done that even if it's outside of the service that we offer. And and so like, again, like for instance, increasing prices, right? Yeah. So I can tell you my story and we can have that conversation and hopefully, you know, you feel better or you feel empowered to take action. You know, even though it was like, dang, my CPA just gave me some some advice, non-tax advice, you know what I mean? So that's what I mean about the relationship building that is all bundled into the done for you services. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, there's there's no replacement for mentorship and coaching too. And to work with someone who has also been down that road as an entrepreneur is priceless, really, even though there's a price on it. But really, that mentorship is priceless. <laughs> so because so you have a you were focused on service-based entrepreneurs. How important is it for the business owner who needs tax advice or tax services to find a CPA that is working in their niche? Like, is it okay to just have a CPA who does things generally, or what would be the advantages of finding someone who's niched in their particular area? Yeah. So that's a good question. I feel like when it comes to which CPA you work with, a, a, a niche based, and, and I guess you can say I'm niched, right? Service, but there's other CPAs that are super niche. Like for instance, CPAs who only work with dentist practices, right? And so it, it depends on your industry. Like, so for instance, me working with service-based companies and really seeing that the people that come to me are, I, again, consultants and coaches. I do, I get some graphic designers, so, so creatives. Uh, it's, it's, so it's kind of cool to, to, to see like, oh, I, like I, lay the ground as to who I work with. And then it just, it just comes my way. It's just a natural thing. But I think that when it comes to working with a niche-based CPA, it's going to depend on your, your industry. So I advise folks that are in like, for instance, construction, because construction and then like restaurants and then even um, product-based businesses, because Retail, because they deal with sales tax and sales tax is a beast on its own. You know, there's CPA firms that only deal with sales tax. So that lets you know just the ginormity of having sales tax and what that can, what that can mean for your business. So in, when you, when you are in those industries, so again, like construction and restaurants or retail where there's sales tax or where there's inventory, or even if you deal with like foreign, you know, foreign situations outside of the U.S., you want to, ask those questions to the CPA before you hire that CPA to make sure that they have that experience and that they that you are going to be in good hands. So I, I think that's my recommendation when it comes to, to niches. It depends on your industry. And if you're service-based, I think that's more, it's more general and it's okay to kind of work with a CPA who, again, it's, you feel good about and that you know that they can, you know, do, do what they say they're, they're going to do for you. Yeah, absolutely. That makes perfect sense to me. So here's another thing, as we hinted about earlier, like money, people get funny around money, right? We all have a money story, whether it's like money is abundant or money is not abundant or learning that you have to keep trading your time for money. Like We all have some issue around money. And a lot of new business owners, as you said before, are really hesitant to pay taxes. But like, how can we reframe that so that taxes don't have to be this scary thing. Like for example, what I tell people is that, you know, 
I'm not obviously not a CPA attorney, right? But when people are like, well, what if I, I get this question all the time. Well, well, what if I close down my LLC and then refile it next year because California is not doing the $800 minimum tax for new LLCs right now, right? And I'm like, wow, really? Okay. But that is like, I'm like, okay, first of all, let's check your mindset because it's, you're moving out of scarcity, right? You're thinking about this $800 fee is going to be two more $800 minimum tax is going to be too much. But if you're making any money this year, you're going to pay probably a minimum of $800 tax, possibly, right? So what does paying taxes really mean as opposed to you're just giving all your money to the government? Yeah. Oh, this is such a good question. And it's crazy. I've I've not come into what you just said about closing down the business to avoid paying $800. And it's, and yeah, so, so I will say that new business owners, right? Think about it, right? You're a new business owner. So maybe you, you've incurred all these expenses to start your business and you're, or you're thinking about all the additional expenses that are to come your way, including the taxes. And so I can understand the mindset of like, like maybe I can avoid the taxes. I understand it. However, Let's fast forward, right? So you're new. So I, I get that mindset. But five years from now, right? You want your business to be in a thriving position, a profitable position, you know, six figures, right? Seven figures. And so when you think about it like that, when there's profits, there's going to be taxes. And so you think of any anyone successful, they know that taxes is part of the equation. And so I think just getting that mindset that if I'm successful, I will pay taxes. Fine, right? But at the same time, there is a way to maximize your tax benefits so that you are paying the least amount of taxes that is still legal in the eyes of the IRS, right? So that's where the whole tax strategy planning comes into place because it's not that we're avoiding taxes. We're not trying to pay any taxes. It's how do we do it in such a way that is legal, um, right? Making sure that you're not losing out on any deductions or any tax credits. And, and that's a whole nother approach to thinking about it, right? We're not avoiding, we're leveraging and we're, we're making sure that we are maximizing the benefits available to us. Yeah. Leveraging. That's a good word. And I mean, the internal revenue code, the, the tax code, you know, is written to support and reward business owners corporations first, you know, and then LLCs, right? And so if you're going to step into this space as an entrepreneur, you better learn or you better hire someone who can help you take advantage of what's out there for you to take advantage of. The other thing I tell people too, because you're talking about, you know, five years down the line is so true. When you go to buy a house or when you have to fill out the PPP loan application, or you're getting money based on your income, they're going to look at your income, right? So if you have spent the last five years trying to show that you aren't profitable yes, because you're not making, you know, because you don't want to pay taxes, you're terrified of taxes. Well, when you get ready to go buy some property and the bank says, let me see your tax filings. And then you're like, I have all this revenue that's come in, but I, I, you know, made it look like I wasn't making any profit. That means you can't afford the loan that you're seeking to get. Because think of think about it, right? If I'm if I'm the person um, gonna loan you money and I'm looking at your numbers, oh cool, you made 200k, but then I get to the bottom and that profit is a loss. Like now I'm thinking, like, dang, like you have money management issues. Like how do you go from 200k 
I, I have doubts that you'll be able to repay this loan. So no, so the answer is no, you're not going to get this loan. You know what I mean? So you got to think about the long term. And so avoiding taxes is not the way, especially when it comes, like you said, PPP. There are a lot of companies who, because they were just focused on no taxes, no taxes, they were showing losses and they couldn't get any PPP money or any grants because there's no profits. Same thing if you're eventually going to purchase a house. You know, it's like they want to see profits. You know what I mean? So so it's not increasing, you know, what it shows on the tax return so that it's incorrect. It's just knowing that taxes is not the bad guy. Right. Not at all. Right. And that's, it's truly just a shift in mindset. I feel like we are starting businesses because we want to have some money, but then there's this fear that we got to shake off. Like all those things we've heard about, oh, the tax man coming to get my money, like all of that stuff. Go talk to somebody to see what it really is because we could hold ourselves back from so much from not just operating in, in fear, but really just being ignorant of what the laws and the the strategies are. So that being said, is it ever too early to start tax planning? Like when should someone seek out a tax consultant or a financial planner to look at the global strategy for their business? Yeah, that's a good question. So is it ever too early? Honestly, the question, the answer is no, it's, it's never too early. So for example, let's say you've, you've been an employee for all your life. And then all of a sudden you're like, Ooh, I think I want to become an entrepreneur. I want to branch out. I want to do my own thing. I think it's great to, at that point, when it's just a thought process to have conversations with, again, a, a lawyer, business attorney, just to, to see like, what, what do I need to be ready for? What do I need to be prepared for? Same thing with a, a, a CPA. Like, what do I need to be prepared for? A lot of CPAs, they love that type of person who, before it happens, proactive. Exactly. Like, talk to me now and, and let me know what you're even thinking. Like, what's the business idea? Uh, where will you operate? Right. Because there's things that might impact, you know, your decisions. And so I think it's never too early to have those conversations. Now, again, when we think about, okay, the potential cost to, to having these conversations, I understand that 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 can be um, something that limits or, or challenges someone to have these conversations in the beginning. And so I would say that as soon as you feel ready financially and not like, oh, I have profits, but I, I, I don't want to spend the money. No, like as soon as you can, even if you have to put it on a card, but knowing that you can pay it off within the 30 days, right? So you don't accumulate interest or anything like that. Like have the conversation, like don't be afraid to spend money on a business attorney, on a CPA to really move your business forward, move your legacy forward, move your wealth building forward, you know, all those things, like it's an investment into your future. And that's how we have to look at it. And don't assume that it's going to be too expensive, right? Like there are people, everyone prices their stuff a little bit differently. So make that phone call and say, hey, or send that email, that inquiry form and say, hey, this is what I'd like to do. Can you tell me how much it would be to chat? And I, I promise you'll find somebody that you reach out to who you're going to be able to afford or who is going to want to work with you. So don't let, you know, kind of the theme, right, is don't let what you don't know hold you back. Go get that information so you can make a better decision about it. 
So in addition, so we, we've talked a lot about like tax savings and, you know, not paying taxes, but in addition to like reducing taxable income, what other kinds of things do you do when you are, you know, filing a tax return? So what I'm thinking about is like tax deductions and like tax credits, right? So not just reducing the income, but what are these other two categories? What does that entail? Yeah. So tax, tax deductions are just you know, again, as a business owner, being able to write off uh, whatever business expenses that you've had throughout the year, business expenses that were necessary within the business. Yeah. And, and, and reasonable as well. For, so like, for instance, and this is so interesting. So let me think of a something that's reasonable and necessary for your business. So let's say you are going to a conference in a different state. So it is necessary to book a flight, right? But let's say a regular coach is $200, but then, but you want the, you want the um, first class and maybe that's $10,000, right? So the IRS might, might look at that if you were ever to get audited, like, okay, you have this $10,000 charge as travel, but you know, your business only made maybe profited only 20 K for the year. And maybe your revenue was only, you know, 60 K, 70 K, right? So it's like, why would you spend 10 K on one? round trip, or maybe that's one way, who knows, right? Right. So that's that's not reasonable to your business. So yeah, so, so I want business owners to keep that in mind, right? Because I, I see extraordinary <laughs> expenses and it's like, really? But you don't have no money, you know? So so that's the tax deduction part, right? Just making sure it's, it's necessary to the business, it's reasonable for the business and you're good that way. Take your deductions. I've heard people say, oh yeah, I work from home in my business, but I don't take the the office and home deduction because I heard that it's a high audit risk. And you know, my answer is like, if it is legit, right? Um, you, You have that space in your home you use for business, utilizing, you're completing the office and home form correctly, right? When it comes to the square footage space and all that good stuff, take it. And in the unlikely case that you are audited, you're going to be able to substantiate, right? Because you know the square footage info is correct. You know that whatever rent or mortgage you pay that you input it on the tax return is correct. Take the deduction, right? I think we hear a lot of noise and we're like, oh, okay, I'm not going to do it. But, you know, same thing with, and I think you mentioned why are people afraid to pay taxes? I think we, again, the noise of like people like, Trump or some of these company billion dollar companies that pay zero in taxes. And it's like, well, what what are their situations? They have all these properties and so they're getting depreciation on these properties and that's what's wiping out their their tax bill. And so, you know, so just thinking about putting things in perspective as to what 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 is it and how does it relate to you and not all this noise out there that we're right. Hearing. And those companies also uh, employ hundreds, if not thousands of people, you know, as well. Right. So that's why some of those deductions are allowed for them because they are also helping the corporations are helping to support the economy. And that's not, that's not like, yes, go capitalism or, you know, in this country, it's really brutal capitalism, but I'm just saying like, that's what the tax code is looking at. So just understanding what is 
sort of the basis, I guess, a perspective, right? And then understanding how to apply what is already available and free for everybody so that you can also take advantage of some of those deductions. Now, what about credits? What are tax credits? Yeah. So what are tax credits? So, okay. So a tax deduction, what that's going to do is it's going to reduce your taxable income, right? So then you, you have your taxable income and then you apply your tax rate and then boom, that's how much tax you owe, right? But a tax credit is going to reduce whatever tax you owe dollar for dollar, right? So a tax credit is is so much more powerful than a deduction. However, we want all the deductions, and if we, right? And then if we can get some credits as well, please bring it on. And so one of the popular tax credits that actually got increased this past year is um, so the child tax credit, right? So anybody who has children will know that this past year, maybe they received some advanced payments of the child tax credit, which used to be $2,000 per kid. It grew to up to $3,600 per kid, depending on their age. And so, so that's one where if you owe 5,000 at the end of the year, you have one kid eligible for the $3,600 credit, that $5,000 tax bill is going to be subtracted by or reduced by $3,600. So that's the power of the tax credit. There is a dependent credit for adults is way less. I want to say that one is $500, but still same, same concept of that $500 is going to reduce your overall tax by $500. Um, And I think that's so important too, just little things like that, right? Because in our communities, we are often taking care of our parents, grandparents, you know, things like that. So like there might be things that are happening in your regular life that if you're using a TurboTax, you might not even know because it might not prompt you or you might not know how to answer that question. But meeting with someone live who can ask you those questions, knows what these kinds of credits and savings can be, can help you really, really change what your tax liability looks like at the end of the year. Yeah. And it's so, it's so, it's so interesting that you say that, right? Just being able to talk with someone or, or even if you're not talking, but like you're completing the the CPA's tax organizer, which is where like, they're just asking all these questions about what happened this past year. And it's so funny because I have a client who the question was, uh, did you have any dependents this past year? And she put no. And I imagine like, let's say she was just using TurboTax and that question came up and she put no, it wouldn't have asked her anything about the child or the dependent. And she would have went on, you know, filing single or whatever. But because this person is my client, I'm looking at her organizer like, why'd you put no? Like, don't you, you brought your daughter, you know? And so she's like, oh, my bad, you know? And and so you know, it's things like that that we can catch. That mistake is is thousands of dollars of um of, of potential taxes. Yeah, savings. So it's, it's yeah. So just having that person, I, I feel like it's so priceless because and I always say this, but you don't know what you don't know. Um, and even in filling out the filling things out, like having a person to review what you filled out and like, wait, this looks suspect. Like, let's talk about it. You know, so true. This is a little suspicious right here. That's funny. So two more questions for you. So of course, in the Transcend community, we talk about legacy leaving and wealth building and stuff like that. So how does planning for taxes help someone with their wealth building plan or thinking about leaving a legacy for their kids or for the community? Yeah, no, this is great. So I feel like, so when it comes to wealth building, 
you, you it's very important to have a, a wealth advisor or financial advisor, right? Because that person's going to look at your overall, you know, money situation, living situation, and make decisions based on the full picture. But then on the tax planning side, it's also important to be like, okay, so we have all these properties or we've done all this stuff with our money. Now, how do we minimize, you know, what we give to Uncle Sam? And then that's where the tax planning comes in. So it's very important to have to have both when it when you're thinking about your legacy and, and wealth building and being able to like before you make any purchases, let the let the CPA know like this is what I'm planning probably in the next year, two years. Like what do you think about that? How does that affect me now? What do I need to look into? When's the best time to make this purchase or sell this property, things like that. So it's just important to have that person on your side to be able to do the calculations prior to, and then you see the numbers and you're like, okay, I'm gonna go with this, with this one, this scenario. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Awesome. Thank you, Chica, so much. So where can people find you if they want to get all your tax tips and potentially work with you? Yeah, for sure. So I hang out a lot on Instagram, so you can find me on Instagram and actually you can, you can put my handle, but my handle is at Chica OBCPA, just my first name, last name, CPA at the end. Um, so definitely follow me. I, we, we love giving tax tips and business entrepreneur tips and doing reels and just making it fun, right? Making taxes fun. And then to find out about my services, you can go to my website, which is just chicaobcpa.com. And it'll, you know, you'll see about my services. And if you're interested in working with me, whether it's a VIP day or bundled services, the way to work with me is to just apply. So again, it's on on my website. You'll fill out the application and then we'll go from there. Um, We'll have a phone call and we'll have that conversation as to how to work with me. So yeah. I think, I think that's it. Oh, and one more thing. So I do have a weekly newsletter. I call it maximize because we just want to maximize all the goodness in your life. So yeah, join the email list. Uh, and it's a, it's a cool email that you receive, whether it's about tax tips or boundaries or dating or whatever, like we, we talk about it all. So you can join that through the link in my bio on Instagram or on my website, like you'll, you'll find it. So <laughs> thank you so much, Asha. This has been fun and I'm just excited. I think again, the, the topic of taxes can be intimidating, but it's like, it doesn't have to be so. Right. It, and it's easier when you love it because how much you love it, like makes it a little bit contagious, you know? So that's great. I love that. Yeah. Just, yeah. Find the person who loves the thing that you hate and you're all good golden, right? Exactly. All right, y'all. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Hey family, I am so thankful that you are here listening to Transcend the Podcast. And I just want to make sure you know the best way to stay in contact with me. And that's through joining my email newsletter. So please head on over to the wilkersonlawoffice.com slash newsletter and join the list. I will tell you everything over there from what my offerings are to bits and pieces of information about how to grow and scale your business to self-coaching all the way to giving you updates on what the new podcast episode is. So don't hesitate. Go do it now. The wilkersonlawoffice.com slash newsletter. Thanks.